Welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere with your host, Chris Parker. And welcome back to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere. This is Chris Parker, and today I'm going to be discussing the power of purpose with Steve Fuller from The House. And The House uh, did some, I think, really good and meaningful uh, support and advisory for us uh, back when we were um, doing some things in the energy sector. We might talk about that a bit, um, but I'm delighted to have Steve here to yeah, share his vision on you know, the power of purpose for organizations and maybe what The House you know, can do for organizations like yours. So Steve, welcome. Welcome to the conversation. And can you please share with us, Steve, what is it that you do and, and why do you do what you do? Starting with the why, I love that, Chris. Um, it's, well, that's exactly what we do as a, as a business is, um, what we do is we help organizations work out why they do what they do rather than describe what they do. Why is that mm. a powerful question? Well, maybe if you phrase it differently, yeah, rather than you say, why do you do? What if you were to say, what's important? What's important about the work that you do? Because I think that really shifts you from our why is all about making money hmm. to really starting to question, what's the impact that you want to have? You know, what's the impact you want to have on the world, our world? What's the impact that you want to have on, on your customer and on society? What's the impact you, you might have if, for example, you made future generations your customer mm. rather than your current customer? Um, so really, our, our work is to provoke, inspire, and support businesses to be a force for good in the world. And what is the impact that you want to achieve through that? To take your lead? Yeah, I think so. Building on that point around um, future generations, it, we've made a commitment next year to make future generations our client. Mm -hmm. So whoever we work with, we, we will invite them in to share future generations as our client. So the, the impact we want to make is to probably do two things. What One, fundamentally, um, have a legacy have a legacy that says um, the house and the house's clients clearly set out to improve conditions, improve the environment, reduce uh, carbon, uh, to increase access to education, a whole host. And if you take the 17 sustainable development goals, you know, if at the very least, you know, I can slip this mortal coil thinking that I and through my clients have made a little dent in any of those, then I, I believe I will have, I'll have done something important over and above being a great dad to, to, my, to my boys and a good husband. And we're talking about impact, Chris, yeah. and, you know, that there's, I suppose there's, there's a direct impact around working with my clients to really work out how we can Im improve the world that we live in today, but also improve the world for generations to come for, for a, a better life tomorrow. So that means going after healthcare for all, improving education where possible, 
you know, supporting diversity around gender, around neurodiversity, around race. You know, for me, um, it's about celebrating diversity of thinking. So if you think about the 17 sustainable development goals, I really would love to think that by working with my clients, we can at least put a dent in some of those. Mm. Um, and then the second point, I think, is I think the greatest impact we can make is through our role as a B Corporation, you know, to celebrate the work of B Corporations, of which there are now, I think, we're 3,700 B Corporations around the world, which includes Ben & Jerry's, which includes um, Danone, Allbirds, the, the footwear brand, um, to, to really shift this idea and shift the business paradigm from we're only here to serve shareholders, which is a hugely destructive mindset that it's a, just about the pursuit of money, to the idea that, that we can clearly make a contribution. We can, we can serve a wider group, uh, which includes society and, of course, the, our planet. Um, and you can do those things and you can be a sustainable, profitable business. I think if we can build that narrative, Chris, mm. and share the truth of that and demonstrate the efficacy of that idea, then we can encourage more businesses, especially startups, to, to go, I, I believe I can create something amazing that's going to really make an impact um, and make me, maybe that make me wealthy, but make me wealthy for all the right reasons. Yeah, doing well while doing good is something I hear more and more. Um, we were, we were talking a bit before we, we pressed record about the impact of Corona and COVID. And, um, you know, you've been in the uh, purpose theme, the purpose space for, for, for many, many years. Uh, my feeling is this, you know, this global pandemic has really reset people's thinking about what's actually important. Because um, you know, financial growth, <clears throat> simply for the sake of growth, you know, when it's not possible because of a pandemic, um, well, then actually all these other things become possible. So what's your perspective on, I guess, how Corona has helped us refocus? And, and do you think we're going to be able to maintain that? Or are we all going to go back to Gordon Gecko? greed is good, <laughs> you know? Um, well, I think it has been a, a remarkable time of, of reflection and consideration around what all of us want to get from life and our working life. Um, I don't really divide those two things. I think they're, they're one and the same. And again, one of the weird paradigms that exist is that we tell ourselves that, you know, we, um, we live to work rather than work to live. Um, I actually don't agree with either of those statements. I think we, uh, we're, we're here. We live with purpose and, you know, our, our pursuit is, it's certainly in my case, is to leave this place a, a better place than when I came into the world. Um, and I, I, I try to do that whether I'm at work or at home. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a really interesting idea, Chris, that, that COVID has, has been a bit of a forced pause. Um, what's really weird is that 
my business partner, Graham, who I know you're going to be speaking to um, in another episode, actually said to us sort of January time, what would happen if we just took three months out of business? What would happen if we could just stop and, and not necessarily need the income? Um, and of course, in a way, we got that. And um, that has really forced a reset. So it's been really good for us as a business just to review what's worthwhile and where we apply ourselves. And I, I, and I, I truly feel that's happened with a lot of organisations. That they've really started to work out, you know, what's the contribution they want to make? How do they want to be useful? Um, are there different forms of growth? You know, is it about the growth of the self? Is it about a deeper relationship with customer? Is it about um, the idea of, of legacy and impact more than it is around um, bottom right-hand corner? You know, we, we talk a lot, and it's a tool we use, we talk a lot about the top right-hand corner. You know, where's the vision? Where's the dream? Um, and how, how does the world, and how do the people that live in the world live in that, in that vision? Mm. You know, what does the world really need from us as business leaders? Um, way, way, way above and beyond what, what shareholders want. And, and I hope, I hope, you know, your point, I hope more and more people are reflecting on, on that point. Um, certainly my sense is, and again, you've got to be careful not in an echo chamber. Um, I think the pursuit of meaning, um, whether you call that purpose or otherwise, I think the pursuit of meaning has, has really escalated. Um, for those that are fortunate enough, and I think that's the other point, Chris, is, you know, I think business has a job of work to do um, to support people who... Um, aren't as fortunate as entrepreneurs um, to be able to design their own destiny. The per yeah, I think the per pursuit of, of meaning and then um, which is triggering me on, on another thing that we've spoken about is, is putting purpose to practice because mm. what I'm seeing a lot is is maybe say marketing statements around purpose, but you know, if, if an organization's purpose includes, um, you know, providing those those possibilities for those people who, you know, for whatever reason are, are maybe less fortunate. Um, so if you had to 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 you know give one or a couple pieces of advice on how an organization could, you know, put their purpose to practice or or even def discover their purpose in relation to their customers you know how would you how would you trigger that with them yeah so i think there's some really um straightforward pieces so if you're a pre-existing business and you've got some some history uh you know maybe go back to founding principles you know really work out why you exi your organization existed in the first place that's certainly what unilever did you know, they went mm -hmm. all the way back to you know port sunlight this idea that Lord Leverhulme created a whole village. Actually, he built the village before he built the factory that created Sunlight Soap. Sunlight Soap was there to meet a need. The need was to tackle the issues around hygiene. You know, young children in London were dying due to poor hygiene. That was the observation. Now, it was happening all over the country, but that's, that was the insight. Mm. Um, and of course, we come back to where we are today and hand hygiene has never been more important in the world. Um, and, and 
it may not be with Sunlight Soap anymore. It's definitely with Life Boy. So Life Boy has been working in India um, for uh, for years now around improving hand hygiene. Because if you don't wash your hands, you get diarrhea. If you get diarrhea, you get dehydrated. You get dehydrated, sadly, you die. And you know, every year, two million children die before the age of five because of poor hand hygiene. It's just frightening. It's really, really frightening that that that's something we take as a as a norm um, is is killing children. Um, so I think that there's principle number one: is you potentially go back into your DNA work out why you started you know, so many organizations were created to serve yeah so if you come back to farm equipment you know that farm farm equipment you have one client who's an agricultural engineer and and they, they started as an ironmonger ironmonger started by helping farmers you know tend their crops so farms could then feed um, the people in their area so, so there's a lot of truth in your history that may still be relevant today. You may play it out differently because we've got technology, um, but that that's one area I would look at. If you're a startup, you know, my first question will be, you know, have, have you looked at the basics around what you're good at, what you really care about, what does the, the world need, and how will you be rewarded? You know, those are the four Beautifully simple, but hard to answer questions of Ikigai, the, the Japanese mm-hmm. four-part Venn diagram. Um, if you can answer those four questions, you, you know, you're in with a good shot of defining what your purpose is. But importantly, you're working out how you'll be rewarded as well. So you're starting to look at some of the strategic opportunities of your purpose rather than potentially and, and, and this isn't happening everywhere but it's happening um and it annoys me greatly where purpose is used as a veneer it's used as as you say potentially um spin or a promotional message that has no substance and it annoys me because it makes it harder for organizations that are working strategically to get the recognition that they deserve um, well, yeah, we, we'd potentially, you know, you've been there, I've been there, Chris, around greenwashing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you and I talk about really green rather than nearly green. Um, you know, we know those organisations who are trading off, maybe they're trading off um, certification rather than genuine, genuine generation of, of green or sustainable energy. I, I have to believe purpose for marketing is, is, is sort of a, uh, <clears throat> you know, it has a shelf life because... If they're attracting people who are, you know, sympathetic to that purpose or, or it resonates with them, they will quickly see that it's inauthentic, and I think it'll actually backfire. So it's, um, yeah, proceed with caution with that. So, yeah, I, mean, I think I've got a couple of points, Chris. One would be, you know, what's the true definition of marketing? True definition of marketing is identify a need and meet it profitably. Hmm. So if that needs a genuine need in the world, then, um, well, the maths is there. I heard that. If you went after the sustainable development goals, it's a seventeen trillion dollar, um, seventeen trillion, yeah, trillion dollar opportunity. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's a lot of cake to go around if we shift our perspective on what what we believe business is here to do. What if that that 
original spark of, of inspiration and purpose is not the reason the management team's there, that, that the management team there has fundamentally different values and or split values because that's that's something i'm sometimes torn torn you know looking looking at an organization that's established that's running that's trying to go back to basics but they've attracted people because of their lack of focus or, or lack of self-awareness over time they've attracted some really different personalities and di- diversity of thinking is always good but if you have fundamentally different values that can be a a major obstacle and and that will come through to you know, the experience you're creating with your customers. So is, what, what's your pr- perspective on, on getting people on the same page or maybe making hard decisions on changing the purpose to meet the humans that are there currently or changing the humans? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say uh, purpose trumps humans because um, ultimately purpose is there to serve many humans rather than the few humans that are inside the organization. Mm. Um, that's easy for me to say because I'm not the, the, the people who don't fit. <laughs> um, but I, I would say, you know, this is ultimately about authenticity and integrity. And a lot of our work actually, Chris, starts with personal purpose. And, you know, you've, you've seen me at action, you know, sitting uh, in, a, in a room with you know, the, the co-founders of Power Peers and, and asking them why this stuff's so important, you know, and, mm. and, until we get to the truth of why it's important, then I'm not sure we do share values. And if we don't share values, we don't necessarily share uh, the energy that's needed. You know, I think businesses run on energy. Um, and, and I think the excitement of being in pursuit of something meaningful allows us to go above and beyond, both with our imagination, but also with our commitment. Um, and I would argue that there's a lot of value in dealing with those people issues now, because they'll come back and bite you in the future. Hmm. they'll come back. Um, and, and I think what's really interesting is if you get it right early enough, then you can recruit against your purpose. And what I mean by that is you're recruiting people who share your values, who, are, who will build on your culture. They still have to be really capable. Yeah, so it's, it, it's not good enough just to have people with, because I think that's just as dangerous if you get people share your values, but they're not good at their job. Hmm. That's just as dangerous as having people who are highly capable who don't share your values. Yeah. So I don't think it's one or the other. I think the, the, the real power is in getting people who clearly see what you can go and do in the world um, and have the capability to help you make it happen. Yeah, I love that. Um, th- to the point that, that with the, the little artifact that uh, I've been developing over the years, the simplicity scan, top left is purpose um, and top right is people. And oftentimes people do the scan in columns and a nice check is if you also look across you know the, you know the, the 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 rows if you will because across that top row is is the, the the purpose the milestones and the people and what i simply say is well the milestones are the main things you need to achieve as a business to get where you want to go and again it depends on where you want to go and then and then the people will be who actually achieves that for you and those and they should in principle be driven by that purpose and so if you can get it you know simplified and you can start connecting some of those dots. Another, another um, thing I always look out for when people are, are, are filling out that scan or any sort of document that's a self-reflective sort of, sort of questioning uh, document is how do you measure your impact? Because um, that's something that I would say, yeah, nine plus times out of 10, 
on the same scan, they, they have some, you know, ambitious, you know, impact in the world type statement. But then when you say, well, what do you measure? What are your KPIs? It's pretty much financial. And you're like, well, wait a second. <laughs> so what is the best example? Or do you have advice on, on how That's- to measure if it, or, or should it be measured? Question mark. Um, you know, the actual impact or the actual realization of the purpose now and over time. Yeah, I, so I think it's really important to put measures in, Chris, because I think whilst I, maybe this is the challenge, most purpose stories are full of inspiration. Um, they're not necessarily full of data. So um, I think great stories are the stories that marry uh, magic and logic, because that's that's who we are as people. You know, we, we have to win hearts and minds in this tale if we're really to transform business. So I think a lot of people have their heart in what purpose could be, um, but we have to work just as hard with with the logic stuff and, and the data. And, um, actually, for, for this session alone, I've, I've just started to pick out loads and loads of data. Um, so Unilever, here's here's a great one. So Unilever, their sustainable living brands are growing 69% faster than the rest of the business, and they're delivering 75% of the company's growth. So if I want to grab an investor's attention around something we're measuring, then I, then I can use that story. But there, there are some really, really provocative and powerful numbers behind that growth. Um, so here, here's some numbers. So Dove. Dove has helped 35 million young people around the world with self-esteem education since 2005. So if you want to talk about impact, it's, it's remarkable. Lifeboat, which I mentioned earlier, has reached one billion people with this hand-washing campaign. So that really correlates around you know, saving lives. Vaseline has reached three million people living on the front line of poverty and disaster with their skin healing programs. You know, ben and Jerry's go after social justice and climate change. Those things can be measured. It might be the number of court wins um, if you're Patagonia, it'll be the number of activists that you supported through your toolkit or the number of new business startups that are about regeneration and, and re, re-energizing our soil or finding more efficient ways to grow cotton. Um, mm. It's all measurable, Chris. And, and I think uh, the other thing I would do is, is say to the magic people, get some more logic in there, get some more data in there. Mm because people will want to know that it's it is transformative and we need data you know we're, we're you know we're as as logical as we are magical as, as human beings um and we live in a world sadly that's hugely cynical and therefore you're going to have to have data however you know on a more positive note we want to report progress i you know b corp invite every b corporation to write an impact report every year that's so much more interesting than writing a financial end of year statement. Mm. What's the impact you've made this year? You know, so if I was thinking about the house, I'd be thinking about, well, through our clients, you know, have we improved the health and well-being of people through our health technology client? Have we helped more people find uh, a home that makes themselves safe and happy with our social housing clients? Have we improved the quality of thinking and education with the universities we work with? That, for me, they're, they're far more interesting questions than 
um, have we improved our EBITDA? Hmm. I'm really interested in, has our EBITDA improved because of the impact we're making yeah. in the world? You know, seeing it as an outcome rather than as the driver. But what you're saying is is actually triggering some fear in me and, and uncertainty because if you if you have that makes it also real. I mean, if if you have a magical and logical statement and you're measuring it, then then I have to make hard decisions about maybe who I don't want to have as a customer, and that maybe isn't what everyone wants to talk about. <laughs> Well, I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, it's about having some degree of discipline and some forced focus. Um, and that probably comes back to your your tool around simplicity. You know, your tool forces some clarity, some decision-making, removing some of those vagaries that we can use as excuses if we don't succeed. So I think, well, I think purpose is a strategic tool, Chris. I've said that to you before. I don't think it's a nice to-do at all. I think it's, it really does drive that d- degree of focus around how do we know that we're successful? Mm. You know, have we, have we truly reduced our carbon emissions? Have we truly found new materials to replace um, polyesters? You know, have, have we really gone after this? Are, are we genuine in our purpose? Um, and I can say that because, you know, to my clients, because I ask myself that every day of the week, you know, and that's around personal integrity. Um, and of course, that's driven by meaning, and meaning is driven by the fact that we get one shot at this thing called life. It's it's um it's really a triggering a, a, a experience I had, and this goes back ten years ago when I was a CIO for a large financial services organization, and the, the, there's an account manager, account exec from Cisco who showed up, and Cisco's a great company. You know, <clears throat> it's had its heyday and its ups and downs and its pivots, and 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 um. Even back then, I, I would start these conversations with, well, why does Cisco exist? What, 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 what do you mean? Yeah. And they never had an answer. And, and one of the guys was, you know, younger, you know, hungry. He says, well, we, we exist to be the best company that ever existed. I said, well, you never will be. Um, because how do you measure that? And, you know, quite frankly, that, you know, time has moved on. You're doing, you know, basically, you know, large switches for large companies. So, you know, what? And I saw him at the airport in, in Lisbon, um, like two or three years later, and he, and he ran up to me and he remembered me and he says like, you know what? And we sat and had a chat. And he's like, that was one of the most thought provoking questions he's ever received from, from a customer because no one had ever asked him that before. And actually that sparked a whole, you know, process of debate and discussion, at least with, you know, with him. And, and uh, I think he was still with Cisco. So somehow he reconciled it and, and, but those are beautiful conversations to have, you know, and just say like, okay, hey, you want to you want to work, you want to partner, okay, why do you exist? And, and let me share with, you know, why we exist. And um, I guess that's also where the human comes into this whole thing as well. So I think there's a yeah. Thank you for sharing that that um, sense of fear, Chris, because purpose does, you know, force those questions, the really big questions. Um, and it, it does ask us to, to challenge ourselves around our, our integrity. You know, are, are we only here to work hard and earn money? You know, is that, is that what we exist for as human beings? Um, are we using the veneer of, you know, a good house, a good car, 
you know, kids going to a, a good school. Are we using that veneer as an excuse to hide behind what it is that we really want to go and do? Um, I've seen it, you know, it's, it's, it's a really powerful tool purpose and, you, you know, you need to use it carefully. Um, and I, I would always say to every client, you know, before you start this stuff, you know, are you, are you ready for what it might unlock in you as well as in your team? Mm-hmm. Because cause you'll get a whole host of responses. You'll get those who, who are in now forever. They're locked in. You know, they're right beside you. You'll get those who will check out. Um, and you've got those who can ask you loads of really difficult questions about what, what that means to you as a leader. And it's, uh, for me, it's, it's in my experience, this type of work is, um, and maybe it's a bit... You know, overdone, but the, but literally the journey for me is more important than the outcome because the the words on a purpose statement might be considered by other people as just generic, you know, corporate candy terms. But um, <clears throat> but I've, I've been in some initiatives where, um, as a management team, we were never able to finish that conversation. We were never able to get to the same page, and then you know, then it actually fizzled. You know, we lost our funding, etc. Um, in the case of power peers, where I think there was a pretty tight coherence of purpose amongst the team, but the timing and maybe the sponsor was wrong because it was out of alignment and it was just, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting one, you know, um, around timing, you know, when is a good time to do this? I mean, I, I would always encourage, and, and this is what's interesting for me, I'm, I'm working and mentoring a number of startups right now, um, and the obsession around securing funding before before getting the story straight, you know, the obsession with the technology rather than the value of the technology to the world, um, it stupefies me. You know, I, I sit there, you know, mouth to God going, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll deal with the culture stuff and the and the story stuff, uh, you know, when we when we come to phase two or three. And it's like totally. the opportunity to get it right from yeah. day one. You know, and, and, and you recruit against your purpose and the impact you want to make mm. because your technology is so wonderful. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a market that we really um, now choose to avoid because you can only bang your head against a brick wall for so long before you bleed to death. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that. And maybe, maybe I picked this up in one of our previous conversations long ago, but because my, my own ambition was like being fed up with corporates. I, I you know, went into coaching and startups, but then I experienced the same thing. And actually now I'm looking back to the corporates and the established businesses because they actually have the momentum and the humans in order to actually make the impact. So it's, um, I totally hear that. So, but in, in the, um, um, sadly, in the spirit of time, um, I'm curious, what types of organizations can you support? So like, what is your perfect customer, uh, human and organization and, and, and what might you do for them? So um, that's a great question. Um, so we're pretty agnostic around sector. Uh, we're, uh, first and foremost, the CEO has to be up for it. So you know, our starting point would be a conversation with the CEO that says, do you really want to do this? And are you prepared for what this transformation might require of you and, and, and your leadership team? So that's, that's first. And we've always said probably that there are three areas that we're interested in. So um, without getting too Star Wars about it, you know, there are those on the dark side that are, that are looking for light. You know? mm. So we, we have in our history worked with, uh, alcohol brands who are reimagining what they might be in the future. Oh, wow. Um, we've cool. worked w- with um, 
food ingredient brands that are that are around you know sweetening rather than fortifying um but i i believe in in both cases there were senior members of that team that, that really felt that they could make those changes um in in one case the senior leader is no longer there because the changes weren't made um, that's interesting so yeah i i don't think we should be beating up uh, organizations that find themselves on the wrong the wrong side of you know the the good and bad debate I think that's far too binary and it's far too um, short-sighted mm-hmm. as you say you know if if we can get an organization like BP or shell to transform energy at scale because they've got the money because they've got the people because they've got the network wouldn't that be amazing you know so I think it's very easy to land in judgment because of the history of, of some businesses and the, the second space is, is probably those businesses who've got a got a sense of their purpose but they don't know what to do with it so and, and so we're doing an increasing amount of the how of the why how do you make the most of your purpose mm. um, and then the third one would be those that have, that have got a plan but don't know how to deliver the plan mm. so you know the 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 cultural transformation that's required, the innovation thinking that's required. Um, so they've got all of the pieces in the right, in the box, but they don't have the lid. Yeah, which I think, you know, again, coming back to your tool, you know, how do you paint the picture of what might be um, mm. and, and help them coordinate that in a way that they make the most of what they see for their role in the world? So, yeah, we're really agnostic, um, providing people really worked out that they could do something amazing. Uh, based on what the world needs. And, you know, there are 17 things that the world needs because we know what they are. They're in the Sustainable Development Goals. So any client that wants to answer any of those challenges, we're up for it. Mm. Well, my experience with working with uh, the house was was great because it, uh, you know, with a, it was a sustainable green energy startup, which at the time was the world's largest uh, peer-to-peer energy sharing marketplace. I think it still is. But it's not scaling as maybe we had, had hoped it would be because of uh, yeah different uh, well Corona and funding etc. But um, definitely triggering, confronting, um, um, bringing us together. Um, <clears throat> I think the binding of the management team was one thing, but then also crafting that story, um, and then making decisions based on the story and roadmap and investment. Um, I think it was all brilliant. So. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, I think it's the house.co.uk um, is where the agency is. I will also put a link to your um, LinkedIn on the show notes. Uh, Steve Fuller again with the house. <clears throat> and I would like to highlight with people, and I'll put it in the tips, that you've published a number of, of editions of, a, of the purpose, or just not the purpose, but purpose magazine that has just packed with stories and anecdotes and, and, and um, it's also published on, on medium. So I'll put the medium.com slash purpose magazine right there in the show notes. So if people can go there for inspiration and also get a, a taste of your style and your insights and what value you can bring. So um, Steve, this has been brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time and, uh, and sharing your vision and, and uh, also how you can, well, help us all, you know, Chris, you be, be better de- off tomorrow. Yeah, delighted. And the one final thing I would say is we're really open to collaboration too. So um, if people have got an idea, got a thought, got something in a country that they want to animate, then we're up for that as well. 
Lovely. Thanks a lot, Steve. Take care. Learn more at ebullion.com slash podcast. 